Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for a return edition of Star Wars Ranked. It is the eighth episode. Had to change the schedule around to compensate for Star Wars Celebration's uh, travel schedule for me. And I'm sure uh, you guys are okay with that. But I want to apologize for uh, changing up the order on you. We try to do Star Wars Ranked every other week here on Four Center. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, though, to help me with this one. It is my co-pilot here at Four Center, along with Jennifer Landa, of course, Joe. 
explosive scrimshaw. Oh, I am happy to rank some things today. Yeah, we had a lot of fun on our three Star Wars ranked episodes on our, you know reasons to rewatch the prequels. Yeah, it's exactly the right way to discuss them. Reasons to rewatch. Yeah, and uh, those those reasons, uh, I'm very proud of those reasons. Yeah. I think we should still build on them. It's our calling card, and I'm, <laughs> I hope you and I can also use them at parties to convince people to rewatch. Oh, prequels. I'm going to corner some people at parties. <laughs> So we are here, uh, we're going to stick with an era that we know, and that's the prequels. Joseph and I uh, do love that era. Uh, If you don't, I'm glad if you don't. If you're like prequels... (laughs) This isn't about loving the movies. It's about appreciating the era, and there's a lot of great things in the movies. One of the things the prequels do so well is introduce a bunch of second, third, fourth, even fifth-tier Star Wars characters, which if you grew up in the 80s and you had a Kenner action figure of a character that showed up for one second in the movie, you know that's part of the fun of Mm, Star mm. Wars. Right, Joseph? Yeah. I mean, we were so starved for characters, we got excited about General Maydeen. Right. He came with a pointer. A pointer. Stick. No hate on General Medine, but man. <laughs> no, no, he's a very important character. Prune face got yeah. a, a figure. Yeah. Ori Marco. Ori Marco. Tarkin didn't. Yeah. But prune face Ori Marco did. Um, so, in that spirit, this episode today is the best background Jedi in the prequels. <laughs> that is right. The, the prequels, one, two, and three, introduced to us a lot more Jedi. We grew up with. Basically, three. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker learning, and Darth Vader, for all intents and purposes, was the other Jedi. Now, the Emperor, I never really viewed him as such. No. He had some dark powers, you know, and he could be argued he's he's Sith. Sith aren't Jedi. You guys know what I mean, but... I never viewed him as that. I never even thought, I wonder if he has, has a lightsaber. I thought that because I thought he and Yoda were such a match for each other. Oh, like, Yoda too. I, my apologies, yeah. Yoda. I forgot Yoda. <laughs> How could I do that? <laughs> it's easy to forget Yoda mm. sometimes because uh, both Yoda and Empire have that like, uh, Empire, the Emperor yep. have that like, we're beyond lightsabers. Right. You kids run around waving your lightsabers. You're right. That's literally what I thought. Yeah. Like, well, they've graduated. They're graduated. They're too old. Right. Yeah. But right. no. But the prequels introduced oodles of Jedi. Oh, so many Jedi. How, when, when this happened, Joseph, these movies hit for what whatever they were at the time. And yeah. I admit, the time, at the time, I was very disappointed in those movies. And there's still a lot to be the execution of the stories, blah, 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 blah. But I was like, ooh, a lot of Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I was never disappointed by the Jedi. Right. I mean, so many talks before Phantom Menace is like, this is going to be the coolest thing no matter what. It's yeah. in the air when, like, it's not just Luke. Yeah. It's all these Jedi. And I was a little bummed in Phantom yeah. Menace that we didn't get to see as many. Mm-hmm. And then Attack of the Clones. Oh, any other problems I had with it? I love the Geonosian uh, yeah. arena. Yeah. I love all these Jedi. They're probably one of the things that I, like, focus on. Like, I want to memorize Every oh, Jedi. Yeah. I love their name. I love their species. I love their, their horror stories of how they ended. <laughs> love it. I sometimes have to look them up to remind myself, but which is why one of the reasons I think I wanted to do this episode and do this episode with you. I know this speaks to your heart. Um, so, again, the best background Jedis in the prequels. Now, the rules here of background <laughs> might be a little fast and loose. Yeah. We try to just kind of generally keep it to um, characters that in three prequel movies are there. You see them. You recognize them. You know who they are. They have databank entries or at least Wikipedia entries. Yeah. And um, don't have too many lines or too much to do in the movies. Yeah. Now, they might 
go on to the Clone Wars. There might be in comics. But we even tried to avoid heavily some of that stuff, right? Yeah, and I didn't pull anybody just that's just directly from the Clone Wars animated series because right. there are some great Jedi who show up there who don't show up in the movie at all. Right. You're absolutely right. So, again, the the, the rules might be fast and loose. Yeah. I want you guys to work with us on that, but I think you get the spirit of what we're doing. So yeah. we each have five. So in the end, you're getting ten. It's a ten for five <laughs> bargain here on Star Wars ranked one by one. We'll work our way from five to one. Joseph, as always, as the guest in my house, you get to go first. Oh, I'm thrilled. Uh, this was incredibly difficult for me to do because I love almost all of them. Uh, but I went for number five. I went for a background Jedi who is in my mind not a background Jedi, but is certainly in the films a background mm-hmm. Jedi. And that is Kit Fisto. Has to be on this list. Kit Fisto has to be on this list. He is the Nautilin with a smile of gold. Right. So not only does he look unique and cool, and I think they did a great balancing act in the prequels of making Jedi who look exotic yeah. and Jedi who are just like, ah, oh, that guy's also got a ponytail. Cool, he's there. And we've got a lot of the, we've got the spread here, I think, on our list probably. Yeah. But Kit Fisto, those big... Uh, alien, uh, underwatery-looking uh, eyes. And yeah. we already have a couple of amphibian-looking uh, yeah. aliens in Star Wars. we got the Mon Calamari, we got the Aqualish, and here we got the Nautilin, got a different look. He's got the weird tentacles that are uh, bunched up like uh, their dreads, but they're not dreads. Right. They're his tentacles, <laughs> for God's sake. And then just the fact that mm-hmm. it's such a different approach that you want to believe that Jedi have different personality. Right. In his one big shot in Attack the Clones, mm-hmm. that he's got that big, dumb, goofy grin yeah. of like, well, why wouldn't one Jedi be like, well, yeah, I follow all of the beliefs of the Jedi Order. Yeah. But it's all fun, and I got a good attitude, and I smile. I love that about him, yeah. too. And, and it's became one of those moments in the prequels, because he force pushes 3PO, right? Yeah. Uh, 3PO's got a droid head on. It's a bit of a mess. It's not my favorite sequence no. in the movies or in Star Wars uh, pantheons, uh, pantheon there. But when Kit smiles... It went from, at the time, like, why is he smiling, to now it's been adopted as this great trait. <laughs> yeah. And he should be smiling. He just saved 3PO. Yeah, he's Mr. Thumbs Up. He's a Jedi <laughs> with a good attitude. That's great. Uh, I, I bet he was the guy that after class at the Academy, you wanted to hang out with Kit. Right. He's like, let's go get some, you know, Bantha milk or whatever with uh, this guy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just chill out a little bit because he's got a good attitude. Um, as I was putting this list together, I realized that also because of where they fit in our story, mm-hmm. uh, the story of why you love them is also almost always how they die, too. Right. Where and when. And, of course, the other great thing about Kit Fisto, he smiles a lot, maybe mm-hmm. a little goony, definitely has a silly name, silly awesome name in my opinion. Uh, and then, at the end, he mm-hmm. holds his own against Darth Sidious. Yeah. For a few precious seconds. <laughs> Almost turned the tide of the entire galaxy, if he wasn't so shocked. In, in my fantasy booking mind, he survives longer to help Mace take this man down. Yeah. If he could have held on just a little bit longer. So close. So close, but not quite there. Mm-hmm. Sase mm-hmm. 10 and Agent Cooler down in seconds. Right. But Kid Fisto, which is held wh- on. Which is why Sase 10 and Agent Cooler are not on this list. <laughs> yes, because they just were like, what? Pathetic showings <laughs> against Palpatine. They showed their bellies like little animals who just rolled over. 
Horrible. Terrible. Not Kid Fisto. So, yeah, Kid Fisto is my number five. Love it. And, of course, Fisto goes on to some some great uh, adventures in the Clone Wars yep. uh, series. It's great. And even in the uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars, he had a great episode. He was shirtless, swimming underwater. Shirtless and savage. Yeah. yeah. Because of that, I think Fitz, Fisto is one of the more popular, but uh, definitely deserves his place on this list, if for any other thing, just lasting at least two strokes of the lightsaber <laughs> against the Emperor. Two-stroke Fisto. Two-stroke. Let's strike that from the record. Shouldn't have said it, but I did. (laughs) There. Uh, My number five is from, uh, you know, I would say similar ballpark of a popular character uh, that's uh, appeared in EU stuff, very popular in the Force Unleashed game, the first one, um, and uh, uh, that is Shock T. Shakti, uh, also a uh, along with uh, our, our dear favorite uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano, is uh, Torguta. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is uh, one of those not quite uh, uh, Torguta, I should say, um, not not quite uh, uh, Twilight. Yeah, aliens, um, but very similar, uh, very similar, and uh, a striking the the striking figure in the sense of the red face, the white kind of eyes, and the blue and and uh, white. Uh, not Leku, what are they? There's something else. They're, yeah, they have a separate name though, like Mantra or something. Yeah, like that. it's not something quite like that. that. This is uh, this is when you have too much Star Wars information <laughs> in, your brain. in your brain. Yeah. Little tiny things drop off like breadcrumbs, um, and she is. In canon, um, one of the most important things she does, and has, uh, and it's uh, in the Clone Wars more. And again, we're not both Kit and Shock both have a lot of things in the Clone Wars to, yeah. to flush out their characters. But she goes, she trains the clones. Yeah, she's sent to Kamino as a Jedi general to train the clones in a lot of ways of combat. That's important. That's big. And make big decisions for them. Like, watch over kind of, like, their characters and mm-hmm. the administration and everything. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's the Jedi liaison with everything that's going on right. on Kamino. And you talk about, like, the look of Kit Fisto. I think just in the background, first in Attack of Clones and Revenge of the Sith, um, Shakti just has that real... Star Wars look, but it was new and different and made sense to me within the Star Wars universe that this, like, this, like, now that we've got a whole galaxy of Jedi to choose from, that this is an had an interesting new look to me. Yeah, absolutely. She's got that great, she's got a great pose in the arena. Mm-hmm. So not mm-hmm. only just like, I mean, we celebrate Star Wars for, I, I think, because it's in this spectrum of sometimes a character just looks Cool. Yeah. When Boba Fett landed, he just looked cool, cool man. And then, you know, you celebrate because you got silly characters that have, or, or silly aspects to a character. Like right. Kit Fisto's a silly name. You celebrate him for both. And she's one of those characters just like, you look elegant yeah. and cool and amazing. Uh, right. And I, I pulled this up. We were close. Uh, so the uh, the structures on the top of the the Togruta's head are Montrols. Montrols, that's right. That's and then right. head tails. So head. they don't have any fancy name. Montrol and head tails. Montrol and head tails. Montrol and <laughs> head tails, I think, opened up uh, for uh, uh, <laughs> Howie Mandel uh, at the Riviera. It was a great uh, yeah, comedy act, Montrol and head yeah. tails. So, yeah. uh, and, and Shock T, and you talk about deaths. Yep. Shock T has two deaths. Complicated deaths. Complicated deaths. Yeah. She is no longer with us. 
For sure. Uh, Force Unleashed, the game, she goes on. She's not dead. She shows up uh, there and uh, is with Maris Brood, the goth Jedi that I like. Okay. Uh, that's not canon. And, <laughs> and um, uh, Starkiller runs into them. But in canon, she uh, died twice in a weird way. Uh, the first one does not count. It is not canon. Yep. It is a famous deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith where she's being held captive after you know she fails to kind of keep Grievous away from Palpatine during the opening battle of Coruscant. And she is captured, and in front of Obi Wan and Anakin, she she's killed by Grievous. Yep, just lightsabers straight through the back. Right, which would have been an interesting choice. It might have made Grievous stronger up top. I don't know. What yeah, do you think? I don't know. I think it was there. Uh, I, I I understand the spirit of it. Like we want to show that General Grievous is a Jedi killer, so right. have him kill a Jedi. But right. if you like uh, kind of the emotional pace of it, I like everything that goes on with Obi Wan and Anakin without the, like, anger at killing other Jedi. Yeah, and sometimes you don't need that, and sometimes just him saying, look, I've got these other lightsabers. It's implied, and that's it's scary. Implied. Yeah, yeah. Though I always found it weird that Grievous had two slots open for lightsabers that he was waiting for man, <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin. As I said, sometimes there's things I still question in these movies, but Shakti uh, stays alive there. That scene doesn't count anymore. Yeah. But is killed by Darth Vader newly christened Darth Vader. Armor-free Vader. Armor-free at the Jedi Temple after uh, Vader. Anakin turned Vader, marches in with the 501st, and um, she is she's meditating in a way. Not like, not doing her duty, just stuff's happening. Yeah. And it is, it is canon, but it is more focused on, it's something we don't see in the movie. Yeah. It's in the novel. Yeah. And you like this scene. I do. I know. I have not read the novel mm-hmm. since 2005. Me either. But I remember loving this moment because there's some kind of interaction between Shakti and Anakin where Shakti becomes the symbol of the hubris and the judgment of the Jedi that they mm-hmm. look down their nose at Anakin, that he's always dangerous. They're always holding him back. They always know better. It's that beautiful moment that I think the movie could have used mm-hmm. where it unleashes Anakin's, if not uh, uh, morally good, certainly mm-hmm. relatable anger. Yeah. That moment of like, I know you're my friends, but you always push me. Right. And I'm going to let my anger out and push back. And if you had just seen Shock T say like, Anakin, you're once again betraying the way of the <laughs> Jedi. And he was just like, F you, I'm going to take you down. Then you yep. get the story of him ramping up yep. into the level of anger that he could get to right. to go around slaughtering younglings. Yep. And that's there in the book. And like, oh, thank you, Shock T, for bringing us that moment. Hey, sometimes the novels are better than the films, yes. right? Or at People least sometimes hate when you say that, but it went in and said. All right, so that was my number five, Shock T. That's a great number five. Uh, I cheated on my number four. Love, love cheating. I'm going to be drummed out of the Jedi Order, the not, Jedi ranking not order. Cheating, you're not trying, right? Exactly. Uh, and I, I got a twofer, and it is Adi Galia slash Stas Ali, mm. one of the great, another cousins, right? Yep. Beautiful confusions of Jedi. There's that other pairing of Ethkoth, Agent Kohler, mm-hmm. that has the yep. same sort of confusion. Uh, here is the deal: they are Thalothian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adi Galia, uh, they're, they're uh, both played uh, by uh, black women. Mm-hmm. And then they have these weird, I always kind of wondered if it was a hat or their actual skin, but I looked right. it up on Wikipedia, and here's what Wikipedia said. They're both uh, thin, elegant, human-type people, but uh, they have scaled craniums mm-hmm. with fleshy white tendrils sprouting from their skull caps. Interesting. So that is their actual heads. Oh, wow. Uh, I always thought it was a hat. You learn something new. You learn something new every day on Wikipedia. Right. Uh, but 
I, I always thought Adi Gallia looked cool. She showed up uh, right away right. in Phantom Menace, and she was one of those like, oh, human, but uh, but different from human, and not in a Star right. Trek: The Next Generation. She just has a weird ridged nose. So I thought she was like a great uh, element, a great uh, visual. Mm-hmm. And then she was in this. Uh, video game that I played for the PlayStation 1 mm-hmm. called Jedi Power Battles. Yes. And I loved that video game. It was both tedious and delightful. And I always remember it. I had to look it up to make sure I wasn't nuts. This was before Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and before Lucas decided Jedi are going to have blue and green right, uh, right, right. That's lightsabers, it, yeah. and then whatever Samuel L. Jackson tells me he has to have <laughs> is the color. And uh, Plo Koon mm-hmm. has a yellow lightsaber. As he should. And Adi Gallia has a red lightsaber. What? I know. It's crazy. What? It's crazy. Uh, so I got to spend a lot of time with her, and, and I kind of liked her. And then, I, 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 like many Star Wars fans, at some point I got confused. I was like, oh, wait a minute. what? Who's yeah. Stas Ali? I thought that was Adi Gallia. Yeah. And, of course, the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. thing is that uh, Lucas intended all of these characters who were on the Council in Phantom Menace to be in the arena. He wanted all the mm-hmm. masters from the High Council to be there. There, right. For the Geonosian Leading, uh, leading from the front. Exactly, but then realized, oh, I forgot to get those actors to come to Australia <laughs> to film this. Uh, so made up different stories, and the story is that uh, Adi Gallia is cousins with Stas Ali, uh-huh. and it is Stas Ali who is in the arena mm. in Attack of the Clones. And then, of course, uh, they, uh, Adi Gallia, was, uh, the original, was featured in The Clone Wars, and yeah. she's cartoon, and she is killed by Savage Opress right. on Florum. Right, right, absolutely. So that's sad to know her end. And then, of course, Stas Ali has one of the uh, the big Jedi death yes. uh, in the Order 66 montage. Right, she is on the, the speeder, right? Yep, blown up on her speeder on Seleucami. Right. I, I, is, is it like, uh, is that how it works? Like, if you're on the High Council, you're you're killed, Who's do, do they have any family in the Jedi Order? <laughs> if you got a cousin, the cousin just has to step up, even if they're not a Jedi. Third right? cousin, you're in. <laughs> yeah, that's how Bob got on there. Just some guy. Great and, cousin. And, and so, what draws you to them on this list? What 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 deciding these two? I think both the visual of mm-hmm. them because I think it is a really cool visual, mm-hmm. and this uh, it's just so George Lucas to say, I forgot. Got to rehire this model. I hired another <laughs> model who looks very similar for far away shots. But just to George Lucas's mind, I need to invent complex canon yeah. behind the scenes right. to address why from very far away in this one shot, this character now has different cheekbone structure. <laughs> And that the fact that that's all, and then somewhere Rick McCallum's like, ah, bleep. I guess it's more bleep and action figures to sell at least. But uh, yeah, but then you know it's the same thing. It's like it's Mm. it's silly from one perspective. On the other perspective, it's more rich canon to dive into. Exactly. And Stasali was designed and planned to be in the sixth season of Clone Wars, but you know, is it sadly happened? She didn't. didn't She didn't make there. Great. Great. That is your number four. That's my number four. Both a twofer, those ladies. A twofer. A twofer number, number four. four. <laughs> so, guys, I said up top, you're getting 
10 Jedi, you're potentially getting more. This episode <laughs> is becoming a bargain already. <laughs> Number four for me is Sin Dralig. Ooh. Who is Sin Dralig, you Ooh. say? Well, basically, in Revenge of the Sith, you only see him via security videos. A little... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, hollow, uh, security hollow net videos, internal uh, footage uh, uh, that Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi are reviewing. Uh, it is uh, what Obi-Wan later says to Padme, I saw him killing younglings. Um Sindralig is is named and portrayed by uh, Nick Gilliard, who is the stunt coordinator for the prequel trilogy. Yes. So if you like the Darth Maul battle, if you like the end of uh, with Anakin and Obi Wan fighting, this is the guy. He did it, man. And he's all in the behind the scenes stuff, uh, practicing with Ray Park and and Hugh McGregor and all that kind of uh, cool stuff. So to pay him back and to, and to kind of give him a spot in Star Wars, he was uh, given this character of Sindralig, and Sindralig is uh, his role he was kind of in charge of the jedi temple guards okay which to me to draw like a game of thrones comparison is like being in the gold cloaks and uh you know barristan selmy in charge of the the king's guard okay uh gold guard in the city of king's landing that's kind of what his role was to guard the jedi temple probably did some training on the side maybe some weekend courses you want to come up and get some specialized training syndralic has a course on the weekends come on by <laughs> um but that was his job and uh, why I think he's important, why he's one of the best, is it's a cool little story. It's a cool little thing, again, where they're not just throwing, hey, Nick, you, we're going to make you a Jedi. Well, now you have a story. Yeah. And in in story, why I think it's cool, when I was reading up on this character, it was like, I like the fact that, that he served a job. He wasn't, yeah. you know, like Jocasta New, who was who not on our list, uh, to spoil it there, but Jocasta New was a Sith, uh, not a Sith, Jedi librarian. Yeah. Uh, you had to have that job. Uh, someone probably was in charge of Jedi laundry. Yeah. And, and, and he had that important job of guarding it, and while... All hellfire was coming down. Sindralig stood his ground and 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 stood his ground for himself, the Jedi and the younglings. Uh, he guarded the temple in times of peace, and he stood for it in times of uh, in a time of hate. And he lost his life to Darth Vader defending um, the Jedi temple and doing his duty until the end. And I think those are the lost stories of the prequel era. Yeah, well, I think that's great, and I uh, I celebrate the gentleman. Behind Syndrolic. Uh, Nick Gillard, I mean, he's, I watched those behind the scenes on all of the, yeah, the yeah. prequel discs so many times, and he's charming mm-hmm. and on point, and I, the lightsaber battles in the prequels, I think, are great. I, I really do like George Lucas's idea that mm-hmm. these are people who are using them at their prime. They use yeah. them for everything, and he seemed to be just one of those artists who really, like, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to really track people's fighting styles. I'm going to right. make sure it all makes sense. So I'm happy that he got to be celebrated. Celebrated. More. He's got a green lightsaber. He does appear in the Clone Wars fifth season. He does have a uh, an episode appearance there, an episode called Sabotage. Uh, so, uh, again, even uh, these stories, the prequel eras, have so many characters and so many stories. That's my number four. Your number three. My number three is a sad one, but a heroic one, and that is Zet Jukasa. And this is, of course, uh, the young, not even a Jedi technically, so I'm once again bending the rules. This is a Padawan. Technically, we did not do the five background Padawan from the prequels, but we can. You have a lightsaber? You're on the team. You're on the team. And he stepped up, and Mm -hmm. he tried to pass his Jedi trials Mm. on the fly intervening uh, when Bail Organa came to the Jedi Temple in Revenge of the Sith to find out what was going on. Yeah. He's told it was time to go, and so it was. (laughs) 
And yet. And so it is. <laughs> so it is. Uh, one of my favorite lines from Revenge of the Sith. It is. It is. I think about that often. Pretty much any time that I have an awkward interaction, I say to myself, it's time to go. And so it is. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, the end of Sith, if you're in the right mm-hmm. emotional place to enjoy it. Yeah. And it is so sad that, uh, yeah. that Darth Vader... Anakin Skywalker is walking through, giving into his rage and his power and slaughtering mm-hmm. Sindralic and Shakti and mm-hmm. all these people. And there's that little flare of hope. Yeah. Where this uh, clever young Padawan hid. Right. And waited for a chance to strike. And he actually does take down quite a lot. He's actually he the biggest resistance we really see. Yeah. From any sort of background Jedi. Right. Because we don't really go into the temple. We see we see Sindralig and a couple other people in the holovids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this is our biggest bit of like, oh, but the Jedi should be able to fight back. Right. He takes down quite a few. And, and Zed Jukasa, uh, it, it makes me wonder what could have been. Yeah. He could have been one of the more powerful Jedis. Yeah. If he had somehow got out of there. Yeah. And I believe it's not canon anymore, but I believe in Legends, mm. his master was Sin. Oh, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think that still might be someone. Is it? Is it not I canon now? I don't think it's in oh, the, his canon tab anymore. Oh, so who knows? Bad. That's too bad. That would make sense. Yeah. But as Pablo Hidalgo says, you know, it's just that it, we haven't decided that if that's true yet. yet. So yet. it could still be the adventures of Jet, Zet Jukasa are, are wide open. Yeah. Of course, uh, the backstory that it was Lucas's son, Jet Lucas, which it's just it's entertaining on many levels. That yeah, you know yeah. they really tried to include the whole Lucas family in Revenge of the Sith. It's super cool that lucas named his son jet yes <laughs> with two t's because he's just like yep. hey if all my characters have cool names why shouldn't my children yep i'm just going for it uh but yeah i just really like him not a lot more to say just that that he was a symbol of a glimmer of hope and fighting back it was a great moment it was a good moment and so it is. Yeah. Um, that's your number three. That's my number three. Great choice. Loved when it popped up. My number three, similar time, similar sequence. Uh, I don't know why I'm drawn so much to the Jedi Temple Yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I really feel this character uh, embodies a lot of what the Jedi stand for and, and also it just encompasses the tragedy of what happened at the Jedi Temple. My number three is Sors Bandu. Ooh. Sors Bandu. Uh well, he was a young Padawan, <laughs> and uh, he stood tall in the evasion of the Jedi Temple when the invasion was going on and all hell was breaking loose. He heard a door open, and he stood up, and he recognized the Jedi in front of him, and he said, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Aww. He was impromptly killed by Darth Vader, but what I'm saying about this young, possibly five, six-year-old Padawan <laughs> who died at the hands of the Dark Lord of the Sith, he exemplified one of the most important traits later key to the rebellion, and that is hope. Yep. For in the darkest hour, he hoped the man he knew as Anakin would help him, and though he knew the odds were against him, he stood tall and he was willing to fight because the question is, what are we going to do? Yeah. I didn't take it as, now some might say, like, panic. Like, what are we going to do? No. I took it as, there's too many of them. What are we going to do to win this fight? Right. Selfless, like a Jedi should be. And right. he is not technically a Jedi. He's not even technically a Padawan yet, right? You're only a We're Padawan. We're fast and loose with this list, kids. When you're partnered with someone, right? <laughs> yes. This is just a straight-up youngling. This is a youngling. Straight-up youngling. Yes. Not, oh, 
Yes. Maybe, I guess he's a Padawan learner. I need to look up my technicalities. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And he has know, a lightsaber. He does have a lightsaber. You're on the team. And he's got that great little stumble back when yes. Vader ignites his lightsaber. It's one of the it's so hard, <laughs> tragic moments of the trilogy yeah the prequel trilogy that you all because you don't you, you you push in on anakin yeah and and there's a moment of maybe shock t's words that we don't see in the movie are still in his brain yeah and he's maybe there's a moment where he's like am i really gonna do this yeah yes i am but he's listening to the dark side right. he needs to get enough power in the dark side to save padme and from vader's point of view he's probably looking at, at sores bendu s-o-r-s uh sores bendu and thinking this naive little youngling is going to this is what the Jedi are. They're naive. They're just blindly following. There are too many of them. What are we gonna do? Oh, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And then Source backs up. And it's, it's a sad moment. It is a terrible moment. And it's it a is a terrible moment. But I, he stood tall. He stood tall. He stood tall. The rest of the younglings were hiding. He stood tall. Right. That's what a good Jedi would do. And he went to the, you know, main Jedi. Council room. Yep. Doing what a Jedi is supposed to do. Yep. Being selfless, seeking guidance, seeking wisdom. He would have been a great Jedi. <laughs> Thanks, Vader. Yeah. yeah. Rather than help them, Vader slaughtered Bendim and the other younglings. Mm. His, his uh, Wikipedia entry ends. Oh. Um, oh. That is a dark one. It is a dark one. But, but that is necessary. my number three. It's necessary. You know, you, we get excited. We talk about Jedi from the prequels. Yep. Uh, they all end. That's it. They all end. They do. Uh, that was your number three. That was my number three. Your, your number two? My number two also ends, and it is, uh, we never see him begin. We only really see him end, and mm-hmm. that is uh, why I love him so much, and it is Colman Drabor. Oh, One I of the him. great what could have been <laughs> in the Star Wars story. Colman Drabor, if you're not immediately pumping your fist while listening, is a brave verk. Uh, according to the non-canon tab of Wikipedia, he is the only Verk to ever become a Jedi. So brave. He is fierce. He is bold. He is the Jedi in Attack of the Clones, who, instead of battling droids or anything, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go take out Dooku and Jango Fett and real this. quick by myself. He just pops right up there. He's so filled with confidence. And it's just one of those reminders that even if you have the force, if you have basically superpowers, mm-hmm. you still need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> because Coleman only manages to deflect, I believe, two blasts from Django Fett. Django yep. Fett's got uh, both his blasters going. Yep. And then not only does Django hit him several times, then mm-hmm. he falls a great, great height. Mm-hmm. to the floor to be one of the many dead Jedi. Right. And it is a big part of the narrative mm-hmm. of the prequels that a lot of Jedi are slaughtered. Yeah. And we certainly see Jedi fall in the temple, but his is one of the deaths that is the the symbol of what's happening in the galaxy. Right. Jedi pops up going, don't worry, I got this. I got it. I normally just like settle trade disputes or arguments between different planets or maybe I go after a smuggler. I investigate a mystery and like, but no, now it's war. Yeah. And you think you got it, Coleman Trabor. Yeah. But you don't. You don't. You go right to just like the source of the problem. I'm going to take out Dooku. I doesn't even get to Dooku. He gets taken out by blaster fire, which he should be able to deflect. Dooku doesn't even like move. Dooku's like slightly unfazed. Dooku almost looks at him like. Really? Really? Really, Coleman? Really? 
Yeah. But you got to give it to him again for his bravery, right. for his boldness, because what if it had worked? What if he had deflected that first shot right back into Django's face? Right. Dooku didn't even get his lightsaber up. He took his head off, and then Coleman would be like, guys, okay. no war. Good news. Everybody stop. Good news. War's done, because it could have been. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. I also just like, because we tell so many stories of the important Jedi, the powerful Jedi, for mm-hmm. see you're going to become a great Jedi. Yeah. We need to see some Jedi who are like, yeah, you can use the Force. Mm-hmm. Meh. But you're a... <laughs> great. You made the NFL. Yeah. You are playing professional football. You will not touch the field in the Super Bowl. No. And we got to see some of those Jedi. Yeah. We got to see some of those, like, you worked hard, you trained hard. Good job, kid. You are not making the winning touchdown. And that's, <laughs> that's Coleman Trabor. Love it. Uh, and, and when we were preparing our lists, uh, we, we, we shared notes, <laughs> and I was like, I knew it. I knew Coleman Trabor was going to be on your list. He appeared in Databank Brawl. He seems to embody everything you love about background Jedi. He's so great. He's, He's so, so great. great. And by- Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. At the same token is my number two. 
That is Depa Bilaba. Uh, that's how I say it. Yeah. Other people might say it different. Depa Bilaba. Depa Bilaba. And I knew that she held a place in your heart. Right. And that she would be on your list. She appears in Phantom Menace, uh, and she was on the High Council, mm-hmm. and she is there to witness the peace orb being raised <laughs> into the sky by Boss Nass. She was a very uh, powerful Jedi, very intuitive, very respective, respected. Uh, even among spiritual people, was even more spiritually minded and more in tune with a lot of things. She had a lot of respect for a while, but then she didn't. She was trained by Mace Windu. Ooh. And that in itself is enough to make you go, huh? Yeah. This woman had some skills. Yeah. Skills. And she achieved the uh, seat on the High Council next to Mace. I mean, in the same. I mean, imagine that. Teacher, teacher, student, now colleagues. It's a great story. It's a lot there. Um, uh, Though she did, uh, during the Clone Wars, she lost a battle with Grievous in a a fight, in a big fight. And she failed to take out uh, Grievous. She was injured. She went into a coma for six months. Uh, But she earned her way back to the Council, which to me shows... Resolve, yeah, shows her skills, and again the respect. But, but there, in the time, uh, and this is you know leading up to to Sith and everything. Um, uh, within the Jedi Order, rumors started circling around her. Gossip started to bring Ooh. her down. If you read the story, I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, but uh, rumors of her bad mental state. Oh, kind of gun shy or a little, uh, you know, dare I say, but but PTSD, where they just were like, she's not what she used to be. She's done fighting. Done fighting. She and and, and it's during kind of this time she took on a young Padawan named Caleb Doom. Yeah, Caleb Doom would go on to be Kanan Jarrus, but he couldn't do that if he was not saved by his master Deba. Blaba. They were out with her clone troopers. It is the first uh, part of uh, the Kanan Jarrus comic. You get to see the backstory, uh, the clones who you know, she she was uh, uh, leading them, and they kind of they took to her, and she was kind of again already on the outskirts of the Jedi or the out uh, the out of the inner circle of the Jedi okay. Order, not part of the High Council. And she was preaching, she was teaching, you see her teaching Caleb Doom, and she puts it to him, um, she had a lot of interesting theories. One, one theory, one belief was that the Jedi had to be willing to sacrifice themselves for the sake of others, yeah. a lesson Kanan learned, or Caleb Doom learned, uh, and, and you see in Rebels uh, that he allowed himself to be captured by the Empire and Lothal so the other Rebels could escape, and then might be a harbinger of things to come for Kanan. Yeah. You might see, and in the comics, it's, it, it's also been referenced on the show, but he does talk about his master and his master's influence um though he didn't complete his journey to become a full jedi he seems very aware of that he's very aware of that um he learned lessons she also believed and this is interesting uh she also believed that the jedi order made a crucial error in taking military titles and Mm. should not have been involved as they were in the clone wars um believing uh that that was not a matter of leadership but a role and rank in an active army Right. And she did not believe that was right, and again speaks to some of the things put forward in the prequels about questioning a little bit the ways and methods and, of the Jedi Order and where it had ended up. And yeah. I like that. She is not to be forgotten as kind of a rebel Jedi, as as we talk about the Sifo-Dyas, the Qui-Gons, and even Dooku and, and, and Quinlan Voss and these yeah. Jedi we like who are because they do their own thing, they play, but they don't agree with a lot of the things. Let us not forget Depa. Balaba. Yeah. Who, who who had her own way of looking at it. 
That's great. Yeah, she's got such great ties to ongoing canon. And also, I mean, you can say Rebel Jedi, but really somebody who had more the heart of the Jedi mm-hmm. and kept that of, yeah, and we shouldn't get all intertwined with yeah. the government and the military. We should be our own force and our own perspective. Right. And you kind of see that continuing in Rebels with Kanan, where he's like, yeah. he was resistant to joining a group. Yeah. And then once he did with the larger rebel alliance, he's got a real hands off of like, I'll kind of float around and I'll do what's needed, but I'm not a leader. Right. And if I need to go do a heartfelt force thing somewhere else, Mm -hmm. I'll go do that, but I'll be here for people and like continuing the wonderful traditions of Diba Palaba. Yeah. I I like it. I think there's lessons there to be learned. And I love that. Again, the background of this character is just kind of one of those characters that appeared in The Phantom Menace is there at the Peace Orb ceremony. And now a whole story exists for this character, which is, again, why uh, I consider the prequel era to be just rich with characters. Yeah. She looks cool, too. She does look Great design. Yeah. So that is my number two. Now, as I like to do, I always like to switch it up and uh, leave you as the technical guest, even though it's both our our network here. Uh, Go first. But to to recap, uh, my list is Shakti at number five, Sindralog at number four, number three is Soros Bandu. Uh, two is Depa Balaba. Um, your uh, f- five uh, through two? I've got Kit Fisto, Adi Galia slash Stas Ali, Zet Jukasa, Coleman Trevor. Great, great. So my number one, the number one to me, the best background <laughs> Jedi in the prequels is the unnamed Jedi that looks like Mace Windu but isn't at the end of Phantom Menace. <laughs> Now, at the end of Phantom Menace, when they go back to Naboo, they land. This is prior to the Peace Orb ceremony. Uh, the Trade Federation is uh, in retreat. Anakin has saved the day. Jar Jar Binks has saved the day. Uh, uh, Senator, soon to be Chancellor Palpatine. Actually, at this point, I think he is Chancellor, uh, right? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least he's been ele- nominated at this point yeah. because he's got the 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 blue the blue guards are with yeah, him. Yeah, a surprise um, to be sure. Yeah, a surprise. We'll be watching your career for. <laughs> Real closely, Anakin. Um, Palpatine gets off his little uh, transport. There's a lot of Jedi with him. They're going to the ceremony. They're kind of cleaning up. And clearly, there is a Jedi that would lead you to believe was Mace Windu. But he's not. He's a a black man with a shaved head, tall, uh, formidable, uh, real strong-looking man. He had his robes, uh, and the underrobe was configured in a very specific way. Okay. It's the same thing that Mace is wearing in the very next scene when you see him closely. <laughs> but in that moment on the transport, when they're at, it's clearly not Samuel L. Jackson. It's clearly not Mace Windu. Okay, so it is perhaps his cousin, Wace Mindu? Wace Mindu. Now, on the, the wilds of Reddit. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Even someone, farther than Wikipedia. And I couldn't, I wanted to give this user credit, but the, it was like deleted. This was kind of an old thread from two or three years ago. They called him Master Anonymous. <laughs> Now I'm not going to accept that as the answer. I I think it's Too some, far. I think it's more like Jerry Windu. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, but so it got me thinking that there's obviously a story. There's obviously a George Lucas like story. Yeah, we need this pickup shot. Samuel L. Jackson's not available. What are we going to do? <laughs> Just find a lookalike. Wow. George, don't you think people will recognize it? I don't think people will care. Nah. Just put him very shortly in the background in the same outfit. <laughs> no. George, I think this might be a bad idea. Nope. We're going to do it. Now, that might be the dark side of the prequels. But yeah. the light side of the prequels is I believe this character should be fully formed. There right. Should, there should be a name. 
Uh, we should find out a story. I think Mace, as we know, ends up at the Peace Orb ceremony. Mace was like, look, they want me to go. <laughs> Jerry, could you get down there first? I trust you. This Jedi had Mace's trust. He had the trust of Palpatine. Yeah. He was there at some key moments. Uh, Anakin probably knew him. Um, and there was something so powerful to this Jedi that, that, that we yet don't even know. He's almost like a Yoda, where we don't know where Yoda right. or Yaddle come from. We don't know this unnamed Jedi yet. There's a story yet to be told. And that makes him, to me, the best background Jedi in the prequels. Truly super, super background. I like the idea, knowing that Mace is kind of cranky. He has limited patience for yeah. Jedi. I ain't got time to go to this. That he wants to get together with Yoda and he wants to he wants to get Qui-Gon's body burned and he wants to talk about the Sith. That's the important stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's gotta go to basically a photo op with politicians <laughs> with the peace or hates it. And he's like, you know what? We 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 just found out that the uh all, all of these royalty from the Naboo, they have doubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jerry. <laughs> I got a photo op for you to go to. I need to meditate. All right. My all right. chin's not going to rub itself while I think. Mm. I need to go do this, and you go do the photo op. And we know Mace was right about a lot of the things. He really was. And he needed time to think about that stuff. Yeah. Jerry, head on over. All Perhaps right. Perhaps right. one of the most important lines of dialogue in The Phantom Menace when mm-hmm. Mace Windu says, No. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, We're not going to train Anakin. No one listens. So that is my number one, no. sir. Wow, that's a really, really good number one. Uh, I, I didn't. I thought you were maybe going to go Quinlan Voss because okay. he is, you know, technically yeah. in the background yeah. uh, in Phantom Menace, uh-huh. gets inspired. But that's a great he, background. He might have made my list. He was mentioned in Sith, as we know. Yeah, he's a, maybe an honorary mention. Yeah, honorary mention. Yeah, uh, we already mentioned Jocasta New, so I'd definitely give her an honor. She she has too big of a role in Attack of the Clones, so I didn't think of her as background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely uh, uh, some shout outs to those people. But my number one, mm-hmm. continuing in my non traditional Jedi way. My number one is a weirdo three-way. <laughs> I just could not bring myself to pick, and they all are connected in a very strange ways. But my number one background Jedi is the weirdo three-way that is Yaddle Yarl Poof Opo Rancisis. I just, I, we've had them all in databank brawl. I couldn't, I couldn't choose, and they're all kind of, they're so connected because they're all Phantom Menace High council members yeah. where George Lucas was clearly going like, no, no, we're going weirder, weirder. weirder. Yeah. He's looking at everybody's sketches. He's yeah. going, no, that one. Yeah. The, the, we, yeah. There should be a lady Yoda for sure. Oh, and like, yeah, a, a snake with a beard. Like, I want snake Jerry Garcia for sure. <laughs> and then the big floaty head guy. Yeah. I need floaty head guy. And just to make sure he's really respected, let's name him Yarl Poof. So weird. Uh, but I looked up some info about them, and they're, they're yeah. interesting connections. Uh, Jarl Poof is a Quirmian. Mm-hmm. It is clarified that he died before the Clone Wars, and interestingly, Coleman Trebor replaced him on the council. Uh, there's a connection. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we don't know how he died. It's another mystery. Oh, so the, it's a story still to tell. A story still to tell. Wikipedia's had this great sentence about him. He was also a dexterous combatant with a lightsaber and was able to perfect many incredible moves that only his spineless anatomy could allow. So not only does he have that big float head floating there, he doesn't have a spine. Does he use the force to keep his head up? We don't know. He's a weirdo, and I love it. Uh, Oboran is a Thispician. 
which is a bunch of S's because he's basically mm-hmm. a giant snake with a beard. He trained under Yaddle. Wow. He was Yaddle's Padawan. So wow. there was a whole chain of weirdos. That's great. Uh, he was alive through the Clone Wars. Yeah. He was uh, also in some of the uh, episodes of Clone Wars in, in season six. Uh, okay. He is seen, and then he was had even more stuff that he was going to do. We were going to mm. see his lightsaber, mm. uh, but that never made it uh, to actual episodes. But again, we don't know how he met his end. Yeah. We know that he survived through the Clone Wars up to very close to the beginning of Sith, at least. Mm. But we don't know what happened. Uh, and then Yaddle... Also, like, definitely one of the most striking Jedi. Yes. Because yes. I think it's that George Lucas thing where he came into Phantom Menace saying, I bet people would like it if these mysteries were solved. Right. I bet want, people want to know how the force, force works, so we're going to do the midi-chlorians. I bet people want to know more about what uh, species Yoda is from. So I'm going to let you know that there's Lady. There's another one. There's Lady Yodas of whatever they are. And then George Lucas very rarely retreats, backs down. Right. It responds. But... Yettle disappears. Disappears. From our lives. Yarl poofs away. Yarl poofs away. Opo mostly slithers off. (laughs) Uh, They're not (laughs) largely featured. All we know about Yettle, and this Mm. is on Wikipedia, it's in the canon tab. I think it's uh, pulled from, like, uh, character books, like uh, complete histories kind of things, uh, that Yettle just decided to take a less active role (laughs) in Jedi Masters, (laughs) Jedi Matters, and she gave up her seat on the council just... Before the Clone Wars. Right when we needed you the most, Yaddle. <laughs> Sometime before the Clone Wars. It would be great if it was right before the Clone Wars. Like, begun the Clone Bye! You know what happened? <laughs> it happened when, when Yoda says the words, begun, these Clone Wars have. And she's just out. Can I speak to you? Yaddle, hold on. <laughs> Gone am I. Out I am. Um, yeah, so I, I love that they're all weirdos. I love that they're all bold Old designs from yeah. Phantom Menace that stuck in people's minds and imaginations for good reasons and for awkward reasons. And then they all disappear. So there's all, to me, this, like, humor. I'm a comedian. I do like the absurdity sometimes, as long as it's not too tied to real Earth things. Right. Uh, and these are so alien, so weird. But ultimately, all of our characters mm-hmm. are about death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we know how they end. They know how Except for Jerry Windu. <laughs> in these characters. <laughs> We know that we we know for sure that you yeah. all died, right? Right. Opal, we assume died. We assume. Yaddle, we assume died, or maybe Yaddle survived. Maybe Yaddle retires to the countryside. Absolutely. Maybe Yoda and Yaddle's home planet is Earth, <laughs> and maybe uh, we pick up years later. Yeah. Maybe Episode Nine. Finally, is Yaddle Snoke? I don't know. We catch up with a long we time ago. We don't know. Like, <laughs> it used to be a long time ago. Yeah. And now it's like 74. Yeah. Here's Yaddle in San Francisco hanging out. But they represent, these weirdos represent hope because we don't yes. know how they end. There are more stories to be told. Yes. And I want the stories of Yaddle, Yarl, and Opo. And I believe, Joseph, what we've done here today, we have a great list. Your list is great, sir. Thank oh, you, as always. Thank you. I, I, you did not disappoint <laughs> when I reached out to you for this episode. But I believe in our number one choices, we truly have encompass what we set out to do the best background jedis mine jerry windu is literally a background player yeah but yours um people even back then when it was like what's going on in these new star wars movies do you see that one jedi with the long head and the neck <laughs> what's the deal with him and they there's like a girl yoda and yeah. there's a snake dude <laughs> 
who I think, you know, we're, I saw that guy at a head shop once just hanging out. <laughs> um, they truly are these new, exciting, crazy, over-the-top creations from George's mind yeah. and, and the de- creature and the design team's minds um, that, that really encompass the Jedis of the prequels. Exactly. Who are they? What are they? Maybe we'll never know. That is our list, guys. We we set out to give you 10, and we gave you 14. <laughs> that is 14 Jedis for the price of 10. What a bargain here on Star Wars Ranked. You can go to uh, Twitter and follow us at Force Center Pod. Joseph, you are at Joseph Scrimshaw. Yeah. I'm at Ken Knapsack. And use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked, and you tell us what you think about our list. You tell us a backstory for Jerry Windu. Let's build it up here <laughs> in Force Center. And then tell us uh, maybe some of your uh, your own and what you think about ours, like I said. Uh, Joseph, thank you as always for joining. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. I love me some background Jedi and rank and stuff. Absolutely. Star Wars Ranked is, of course, a part of the Force Center podcast feed. You have our shows on here like Force Center, Databank Brawl, Jedi Beat, Spotlight, Star Wars, Star Wars Counseling. The list is growing as we move forward in 2017 and big news is coming. More details on some stuff you may have heard about a Patreon page coming on Star Wars Day, May May the 4th, uh, listen to our special uh, celebratory May the 4th Star Wars Day episode on May the 4th. We also have the 50th Databank Brawl coming soon, the week after. It's going to be great. That's going to have special guest Mike Black. Guys, we thank you so much for listening to Force Center, whether it's on Stitcher, Podomatic, or on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, where I hope <laughs> you are rating and reviewing. For Joseph, for Jerry Windu, Yarl Poof, and all the weird Jedis in the Star Wars prequels. We'll see you next time on Star Wars ranked. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.